The Mermaid Bride by Alexandra Ely Read by Alexandra Ely Part 2 The early morning light smoldered in the horizon, illuminating the sea mist in a white haze that shifted and swirled in the light breeze. The sun spread streamers of gold and pink across the sky and danced on the water's edge. Nia drank in these luring half-dusk moments. Growing up, she would rise a few minutes early just to listen to the world waking up before she started her chores. Niamh grew up in a fishing village hardly big enough to bother putting on a mat and loved the ocean. In all her time by the sea, she never imagined she'd have to rescue her husband from the clammy grips of a greedy mermaid. The craggy Cornwall coastline serpentined around natural jetties and back into private bays, perfect for seals to beach and seabirds to perch. Neve's mind weaved in and out of thought, following the stunning coastline, leaving behind the epic ordeal. She wrapped her arms tight around Aiden's waist, sitting behind him on their pony. Aiden looked over his shoulder, smiling. They jostled and rocked with the sway of the pony's gait, the warming sun on their backs, when Aiden made a strange gulping sound in the back of his throat. What's that? Neve asked. I didn't say anything, he said, shifting his seat, making the sound again. It was strange and unnatural sounding. Are you all right? Neve grabbed his arm, making him turn so she could look at him, certain she would find some sign of illness, but he seemed well. I'm fine, Aiden snapped, shrugging off her grip. Neve settled back into her place, perplexed. She was handy with herbs and tinctures, and he never turned away her care. Before they were married, she was certain he made up injuries just to have a reason to see her. It wasn't like him to bark at her like that. Then again, the trip was getting long, and he didn't even know half as much as she did. He was just tired. Neve looked forward to reaching their new home in Plymouth and forgetting the mermaid. Her mind resumed happy musing when in the mist a creature of the sea crested the water. It was only a flick of a tail before vanishing beneath the waves. Anyone else would have said it was just a dolphin and not given it another thought. Neve rubbed her eyes. It may have been the mist making things seem unreal and uncertain, but Neve recognized the drape of the silken fin. She thought they said goodbye to the young mermaid. What cause could she have to follow them, Neve wondered. The young mermaid released Aiden. He was safe with Neve on land now. Everything was supposed to be back to the way it was. Unless the mermaid was a sore loser, which wouldn't surprise Neve. But she seemed more prideful than petty. Neve squinted, straining to see if she could catch another glimpse of the mermaid, but saw nothing. As long as they stayed on land, they were safe. For the first time, Neev could remember she was frightened of the ocean. Their road twisted and turned, and soon houses dotted the path, first sparse, then collected tighter and tighter as they approached Plymouth Harbor. The newlywed couple arrived in the bustling port town. Streets were full and animated with people darting in and out of timber-framed houses and shops. Sailors and fishermen carried their goods to and fro from vessels like ants preparing for winter. The rancid smell of crowded streets wafted through the alleys and settling between the double-decked, wattle-and-daubed buildings. Aiden first reported to his new employer, the ship owner. The job offered lodging, and soon they would have the key to their new home. Neve chose to wander along the wharf while Aiden took care of their affairs. Her country sense was dazzled by the people ebbing and flowing from the docks faster than the tide. Boats tethered to the rings and staunches of the seawall, jauntily colored, were as lively with folks as the stores along the wharf. The bustle of the town sent chitters through Neve up from her very toes. They arrived at last. Her attention skipped and bounced from one attraction to the next like a bee in a summer garden, diverting her questions and concerns about the mermaid. 
Amid Neve's exploring, she bought a parcel of fish and a bushel of greens for their first supper in their awaiting home. Seals barked and howled from a nearby island in the channel, filling the air with contrasting music from the shouts of all the people. Now and then, a seal's head bobbed above water, and a fisherman would yell, Git! and it would slip under, only to appear again a few feet away, waiting for some of the day's catch to topple overboard. Neve was amused watching the game the seals played on the fisherman when another creature's face broke the surface. There was no mistaking. It was the young mermaid. Neve turned in circles like a dumbfounded child, pointing speechless at the water, looking to see if anyone else saw the mermaid. But life went on undisturbed. Neve gaped, staggering back a few steps, tripping over barrels and baskets. Her hand landed on a small box. Picking it up, she hoisted it over her shoulder, ready to hurl it at the pesky mermaid. But she was gone. Oi, watch it! Man snatched the box from her hand, setting it down out of her reach and setting his barrels upright. Sorry, Neve muttered out of habit. She left the docks, cheeks burning with indignation. If that darn creature wanted a rematch, Neve would give her one. But it was over. Neve repeated to herself that Aang was safe, and so was she hoping that if she said it enough times, the uncanny sensation that nothing was going to be normal again would dissipate. Neev returned to meet Aiden, his face beaming. You are now looking at Captain Aiden Jones. He swiped his tricorn hat off his brown, wavy-haired head and took a bow. Neev clapped with joy, bouncing up to him with a hug. They grew up together, and as a child, he told her he wanted to be captain of a ship someday. He was brimming with so much fulfillment she could feel it radiating off of him as they walked arm in arm. Reclaiming their pony from the livery stable, they followed the directions to their new home. Along a quiet finger of the harbor-side town sat their abode, sandwiched between rows of other homes. Each house was thin and long and stacked side by side, only allowing front-facing windows. The buildings were made of brick to withstand the brine of regular tempests, and each painted a different color. Their home had a red door. Eve always wanted a red door, though she could have lived with a blue one, too. Aiden opened the door for her and she stepped into a single room with faded brick-red walls and a timber-framed fireplace charcoaled in places from the many fires it hosted. In the middle of the room was a long table with two chairs. Opposite the fireplace was a large piece of furniture covered by an old sail. Neev glanced at Aiden with wondering eyes. Pull on it, he said, smiling. Neev pulled the canvas to reveal an old open-faced hutch. It's a wedding gift, his eyes danced. Aiden! She threw her arms around his neck, receiving a tight embrace in return. This was the Aiden she knew. You shouldn't have. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Nia ran her hands along the wood, opening each drawer. One drawer's bottom fell out, crashing onto the floor when she pulled it. It needs a little fixing, but not much. Aiden knelt to pick up the broken pieces, blushing at the derelict state of the gift. How did you get it? Nia helped, unfazed by the hutch's condition. They had sold the few pieces of furniture that came with her dowry to lighten the load for their journey. This hutch felt like an anchor tethering them to a stable future. The ship's owner. He will take a monthly sum for my wages until it's paid for. You shouldn't have, Neve protested. You deserve it. Aiden took her hands and kissed them. Besides, we couldn't just leave the plates on the floor, he winked, helping her to her feet. It was a fair price, and we'll be able to get more nice things with this account. The ship owner said business is prospering. We will get established here. He wrapped his arms around her, grinning. Neve burst from his hug, bounding out the door, and brought in one of the carpet bags, taking from it two plates and utensils wrapped in clothing. Placing them on the hutch, she stepped back, resuming their hug, beaming with delight. 
Ain brought in the rest of their meager belongings and stabled their pony while Neev cooked dinner. They ate in silence, listening to the noise of the docks outside. Aiden fell upon his food like he hadn't eaten in ages. Is there more? He asked, stuffing more food in his mouth. There's more fish. Neev scraped another piece out of the pot. Before she could set it on his plate, Aiden snatched it from the spatula and shoved large pieces in his mouth, disregarding skin and bones. I'm glad you like it. She retook her seat, gawking at his diminishing table manners. Indeed. A little overcooked. Kind of dry, he said with full mouth, making the strange gurgling sound again and loosening his cravat to scratch his neck. Aiden's ears appeared to be mute to the sound. Neve stared at him open-mouthed as he continued, unfazed, gobbling his food in such a primitive-like manner. A fortnight passed since they arrived. Aiden's account kept him sailing in local waters, taking cargo across the channel to France or further north to Wales and beyond. The joy of settling into town was drained for Neve. Darn Mermaid wasn't following her but Aiden. When he was gone, so was she. And when his ship returned, there she was, lurking out of everyone's sight but Neve's. She struggled with what to do. If she spoke, people surely would believe her to be insane. So Neev stayed quiet, arguing with herself what to do. Neev made a habit of welcoming Aiden at the docks when his ship came home. Waiting for him on such an occasion, she greeted him with open arms, embracing him in a tight hug. His knapsack rolled off his broad shoulder, returning her embrace. Pulling away, she saw red scratches across his neck. What happened? She touched it with a gentle finger, examining the marks on both sides of his neck. They were hard and raised, and when she took her hand away, a thin film of mucus sloughed off his skin onto her hands. She wrinkled her nose, wiping her hands on her apron. I've seen those too. Aiden pulled his cravat higher to hide the marks. I don't know what it is. They itch, but I feel fine. He made the gurgling noise in his throat. Neev studied his face. He looked different. His face, usually strong and steady, was shifty and restless. His eyes dodgy, as if excited by something unknown. Ayn picked up his bag in one arm and took her waist in the other as they walked. "'Why are you sticky?' she asked, touching him again to show him. "'Does nothing more than grime of a sailor,' he said, jovial as if proud of it. "'But this wasn't just grime. Let's have lobster for dinner.' "'Lobster? Are we celebrating?' Neve asked. "'Every day is a celebration,' he hoisted her up for a skip and a hop. Neve couldn't help but smile and laugh. She had been living under such strain. She didn't have it in her to say no.' He was frugal and wise with their expenditures. Even in the midst of her hesitations, she trusted him. If he said they could afford it, then they could. He was home, and a splurge would lift her spirits. It was good to see him happy, too, though it seemed misplaced. The changes she saw in him and how he acted, as if nothing was happening, didn't match. He wasn't like this before. No. Neve told herself it was all in her mind. Again. Neve's heart was full that night, listening to Aiden's stories of his voyage, and hearing him laugh melted her worries away. They would be all right. The next morning, Aiden was home, and as Neve tidied the hutch, she found a pile of fish bones and lobster shells shoved into the farthest corner of the drawer. Aiden opened the door with his foot, bringing in firewood when he saw Neve standing before him holding the remains in her hands. A look of embarrassment filled his hazel eyes. I meant to get rid of that before you found it. He set down the wood and took them from her hands, tossing the remains in the fire. "'Am I not feeding you enough?' she asked. "'Tis not that. I just—it was there, and—and and it looked good,' he said, busying himself, avoiding eye contact. A note of guilt hung in his tone. Neve stood watching him, unsure how to react. She was torn between two feelings, anger and fear, 
acting against each other like water cooling hot iron. She stood there unable to move or speak. She was angry that this was happening and feared that she was losing him to a strange and unnatural source. I just got a little hungry in the night. Tis nothing to worry about. He took her in his arms in his characteristic way, trying to console her anxious demeanor. Neve pulled away to look at him, flashing a polite smile in a faded attempt to show she was all right. Did you eat them raw? Don't give it another thought. He frowned as if she insulted him. I told Jake I'd help him today. Aiden stuck on his hat, stepping out the door. Neve slumped into the chair, rubbing her face in her hands as if she could clear away the doubt and confusion in her mind. She knew she had to tell him about the mermaid. Neve didn't know what was happening to her husband, but she was certain it was because of that blasted creature. He may not believe her, but if she didn't try to tell him, how could they talk about what was going on? After a few hours agonizing over her thoughts and dabbling at her daily chores, a shout from outside stopped her thinking. Neve rushed outdoors to see Jake with Aiden's arm around his neck, helping him to walk. Aiden was pale and wheezing. Neve darted towards them, taking Aiden's face in her hands, familiarizing herself with his hurt, but she saw no blood or any other form of injury. He can't breathe, Jake explained. I checked for choking, but there ain't nothing. Neve took Aiden's other arm around her shoulders, and together they got him inside and onto the bed. Aiden was gasping for air, tugging at his clothes around his neck. His eyes glazed and wide with fear. I don't know what happened, Jake said. We was working one moment, and he gets out of breath, and then this. Neve pried off Aiden's coat, waistcoat, and shirt, placing her ear against his chest, listening to what could be inhibiting his breathing. Jake stood behind Neve, wringing his cap. Aiden grasped Neve's hand as if trying to tell her what was wrong, but he doubled over, coughing and sputtering for air. Neve watched his every twitch, feeling frantic inside like she was wasting time, but without knowing what he needed, she didn't know how to help him. She noticed his weak attempts at tugging at his cravat. He had taken to wearing it high to cover the red marks on his neck. When Neve took it off him, she gasped. The red marks looked like the gills she saw on the merfolk. He was a fish out of water. Neve knew what he needed. Whipping around, she pushed Jake out the door. He needs rest. He'll be fine. She slammed the door on Jake in spite of his concerned questioning. Neve rushed to the water basin, grabbing the whole pitcher and brought it sloshing to Aiden. He snatched it from her hands, barely sitting upright and drank. Water poured over his face as he gulped. The empty pitcher dropped from his hand and Aiden fell upon the pillow, taking in deep, normal breaths. The bed was sopping wet around him, where he drifted off into a faintish sleep. Neve sat on her knees beside the bed, collecting her wits, her hands shaking and heart pounding. He needed water to breathe. She couldn't deny what was happening any longer. Her anger boiled, overshadowing the fear she felt. Placing a fresh pitcher of water by the bedside, Neve marched out of the house, down to the docks, and cast off in the first unoccupied dinghy she found. She rowed out of the harbor to a quiet bay, where she let the boat glide to a rocking halt. She sat a moment, darting fiery glances at the water, searching for the young mermaid. I know you're there. Neve leaned over one side of the boat and then the other, staring deep into the ebonite waters. She knew the mermaid was close. She was always close, just beneath the surface, and wondered how to get her to come up. She also knew the mermaid understood her from their last encounter, and Neve had choice words for her this time. Neve's emotions raged like a whirlpool, growing stronger and stronger, sucking in all reasoning and leaving behind rash actions. Raising to a standing position, Neve drew up one of the oars out of the water. 
She held it like a staff at first, but was ready to smack the mermaid with it the moment she surfaced. What do you want? Show yourself, she yelled. All was still. Only the sound of the water lapping against the boat answered her. Then there she was. The young mermaid emerged from the water. Her golden hair glinted green in the descending sun. Her round eyes never blinked and stared at Neev, unnatural and cunning. You monster! She swung the oar down at the mermaid, but the creature was quick, dodging the blow. The oar slapped only water. Neev recoiled and struck again every time the mermaid dared to bob above water. You let Aiden go! Why are you still here? Why is he turning into one of you? Neev grunted with every strike. Tears of anger stained her cheeks in red smears down her face. The young mermaid grabbed the oar on the next downward swing, and with her tail sent the boat rocking with a concussive thwack, setting Neev off balance. She toppled over the side, falling into the water with a scream and a splash. Neev surfaced, sputtering, clutching onto the side of the boat. She tried hoisting herself back into the dinghy when she was yanked underwater. The young mermaid held her under for a moment before bringing Neev to the surface. Neev gasped for air, arms flailing for the side of the boat. Listen, listen, the young mermaid spoke. Neev stopped struggling, dumbfounded. I can understand you. We speak when wanted to be heard. The young mermaid's voice gurgled and cracked as though it was not used to speaking above water. They didn't speak the same language. Neev didn't know in what tongue the mermaid spoke, but somehow they understood one another. What are you doing here? What is happening to Aiden? I demand you release him. Neev lunged through the waters, reaching for the mermaid's throat, acting only upon impulse. Her hand grazed one of the shells attached to the mermaid's body, slicing a gouge in her hand. No threats to me, the young mermaid hissed, gliding out of her way, slapping Neev on the back of the head. I feared, feared, tis you bring this on him. Me? It's your fault he's changing. Neev swam back to grab hold of the boat, clutching her cut hand, blood drizzling down her fist, her brow fraught with worry about being the cause of Aiden's symptoms. No, tis the call. Tis his nature. The mermaid's stern and confident face heightened Neev's growing fear. Why are you following him? You, you interrupted too late. He is now a, a between, neither man nor merman. He cannot not live long here. Her guttural tone sent a foreboding chill up Neev's spine. You kidnapped him. Tis his following destiny. The young mermaid brought up her webbed hands in emphasis. The opaque blue-tinted skin between the fingers was nicked with bumps and scars, no doubt from fish fighting back before she devoured them. What do you mean? Neva began shivering, but she didn't feel the cold. Her stomach was tied in too many knots to notice. He is a merman. To be wed, wed to me. It was our fate before you. Neve's eyes screwed tighter in bewilderment. He married me first. Ah, your customs don't change that. Neve's eyes screwed tight in bewilderment. He married me first. Your customs can't change that. You say he is human. I say he's merman. The blue men of Minch will decide. The mermaid swiped her wet hair over her fin-shaped ear. Neve gawked at every aspect of the creature's anatomy. She was so strange and menacing-looking, and yet 
There was a quality of mysterious fascination about her appearance, too. Who are they? Mia asked, mindfully shutting her open mouth. The mermaid picked at her nails, before her coy eyes lifted to meet Neve's. They were almost bewitching except for that double-crossing gleam that twinkled in them. A strange feeling washed over Neve that the mermaid could overpower her any time she wanted. Kicking her foot up over the side, Neve wiggled back into the boat. Her petticoats gushed water and clung to her legs like a wet blanket. A clan of mermen? Guard the strait of Minch, the mermaid said. Neve heard of this strait before. It parted the mainland of Scotland and the Outer Hebrides. It had a reputation of being dangerous, taking many a sailor's life. And what will they decide? Neve asked, feeling the cold of the ending day, but felt a bit safer out of water. They duel. Duel with rhyme and wit. They can make him all merman. Or all human, Neve added. Indignation flashed across the young mermaid's face. Go. Ask Aiden where, where he's from. She sneered. What do I call you? Neve asked, putting the loose oar in its place. Farah. It is dire Aiden get to, get to Minch. He cannot, not live in flux for too long. I will follow you. Farah disappeared straight down under the water. Neve began rowing home, wondering how she would find the words to tell Aiden. He is not a merman, nor will he become one, Neve said to herself. But something needed to change. The possibility of his transformation killing him was all too real. Thank you for listening to this story on Happy London Press Podcast.